A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online. So any small business could be a driving force to create change or build an empire. We know old ideas aren't cutting it anymore. So we're calling for a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. So whatever you have in mind that will help make a different future, find everything you need to get started at GoDaddy.com. Because the future isn't decided yet. It's up to us to make it happen. Start different at GoDaddy.com. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. This is an ode to the glass noodle. You may be glass only in name, but our love for you is crystal clear in every Bibigo Korean dumpling. Your tantalizing texture tickles the taste buds, and while you are see-through, the world can't help but see you. The glass noodle, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every plump and juicy Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. This is Podco Media Networks. On episode 129 of Confessions of a Marketer, the state of the ad business. Hi, it's Mark Reed Edwards. Welcome back to Confessions of a Marketer. Mel Edwards, global CEO of Wonderman Thompson, is here to start a wide-ranging discussion about the ad business, consulting, the Wonderman Thompson merger, and lots more. We'll get to that in a moment. Soon, Joe Auer will expand on our discussion about SEO, and Jocelyn Kopak will be in to talk about building a great brand. And in the weeks and months ahead, we are planning discussions with Catherine Hayes, Maggie Fox, Amanda Slavin, Vincenzo Landino, Mark Schaefer, and more. This will be another action-packed year for Confessions of a Marketer, so stay tuned. COVID-19 patients need your help. If you fully recovered from COVID-19, or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have the antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients recover. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today to schedule an appointment to donate blood. That's V-I-T-A-L-A-N-T dot Help save lives and schedule your appointment at Vitalant.org. You could help save lives. All right, on to Mel Edwards. At the outset, we make it clear that we're not related, at least as far as we know. And then there's Mark Reed, Mel's boss, not related to him either. But as for our discussion, in this part, we learn about Mel's background, the state of the ad business, a frenetic 2019 for Wonderman Thompson, and what they accomplished. It was great to have Mel on. Let's get to part one. Mel, welcome to Confessions of a Marketer. It's an honor to have you here. Thank you. Your last name is Edwards. My last name is Reed Edwards, but I don't think we're related. I know. And also, I was very confused. When I saw your name, I thought, oh my gosh, is that a mashup of Mark Reed and Mel Edwards? (laughs) (laughs) I hope at some point to talk to the big boss, Mark Reed, and that will add to the confusion. Oh my word, it will. It will indeed. Anyway, well, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great having you here. Can you share your background and how you ended up in your current role? Yeah, sure. So I've always been agency world. Someone said to me once very earlier on in my career that I probably wouldn't last five seconds in a, in a client. I don't know what they meant by that. Maybe I should have asked. 
Yeah, so I've always worked in agency world, and that's possibly because I've always enjoyed the creative side of things. I love the pace. Always love that, you know, your day changes and not one day is the same. And I think, you know, I'm not a type of person. Sometimes some people have said, oh, you know, did you always start out with that goal in mind of one day becoming, you know, a CEO? And, and of course, the answer was no, I, I never had. I never had that goal. I never really knew where my career would take me. But I think, you know, now I'm at the age I am and the experience I've got, I definitely recognize that I've always been very ambitious for the businesses that I've worked at. And I've always wanted to make those businesses successful. And therefore, it, you know, in a way, that's meant that that's helped me in my career as well. So what do you do in your current role as CEO of Wonderman Thompson? What's your day like? What's my day like? Well, as I said just previously, I don't think one day is the same. This year has been an extraordinary year. I think I said to somebody the other day, I felt like I'd finished the year by October. (laughs) And I definitely feel like I've done 10 years in one year this year. So I think that this year has been extraordinary in terms of the magnitude of what we've done and integrated in terms of a business. So I don't think this year is probably the typical year, should I say. But in terms of what my day consists of, it tends to be a culmination of speaking to clients, meeting clients. Sometimes yesterday I was in a new business pitch. Last week I was in New York all of last week. It tends to be either I'm in New York and therefore I'm meeting clients and I'm spending time with my team. Or when I'm in the UK, I'm UK based, then it's very much catching up and doing a bit of the same really, meeting clients pitching and spending time with the team. A frenetic pace. A frenetic pace, yeah. But I wouldn't want it any other way, I think. It's exciting, right? Yeah, it's hugely exciting. What we're building here at Wonderman Thompson for our clients and and for our people, really, is really exciting, particularly in we're about to move into 2020. And I'm very excited about what we've got and what we've built to set us up for the next few years. Sounds great. So what is the state of the ad business in general? It's always been a dynamic market for as long as I can remember, but these days it seems even more so. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's been, it's, it's a bit crazy. And I think there's lots of businesses out there. I think actually, if you take a step back, all companies are currently going through some form of transformation. What I see our clients coming to us for advice from us at Wonderman Thompson is different really to how if I look at the ad industry and how that sector is transforming. I think, you know, one of the reasons, one of the main reasons really why we brought Wonderman and JWT together at the beginning of the year was because what we wanted to do was future-proof ourselves. And I think, you know, if I look at what we've done, very much bringing brand experience and customer experience together. I don't think these days you don't have a customer without a brand and you haven't, you know, yeah. you don't have a brand without a customer. And actually the types of agencies that we were bringing those together and delivering a fully end-to-end offer across capabilities like communications, like commerce, technology, having a vast array of data to help with real true insight into, you know, a brand experience and a customer experience. Also, even a health practice we have. I think future-proofing ourselves with that sort of capability, I think is, is setting ourselves up, you know, or will set us up for success. 
you only have to look at what the consultants are doing, going around and buying ad agencies because they see that actually they can stretch out into the agency world. And we're in a way, we're doing some of that as well. We have a consulting practice in our business and you can see that now, you know, those relationships with the clients are becoming much broader and bigger because of the needs of transforming. Yeah, and we'll get to consulting in a moment. I do want to talk a bit more about 2019, mm-hmm. which is, we used that word frenetic earlier on. It has been a frenetic year for Wonderman Thompson, starting with the merger of the two operations earlier this year. And I kind of looked at it knowing Wonderman, because I've talked to Jacques Van Niekerk a number of times and a, a few other people from Wonderman, that Wonderman Thompson was kind of like the blending of left brain and right brain, that it brought those, the two lobes together. And that sounds great on paper and when you say it, but I just wonder what challenges you faced in integrating two of the greatest names in the business. Yeah. And and I would say it's not been easy, but not because there hasn't been appetite and desire there from not only our people, but our client, everyone embraced it. But that change comes with nervousness and it doesn't, you know, I would say it didn't matter whatever level you were within our organization. The key asks really were, do I have a job? What's my title? Where am I going to sit? And what am I going to work on? And who's my line manager? And you could be at any level and those were the same sort of questions that were asked. And most of the time we were ready with answers, but not always. I think that sort of element of uncertainty makes people nervous. But I think what I tried to do with our leadership from the beginning was have one company, one P&L, one business. We tried not to talk about, you know, well, Wonderman or JWT. It was Wonderman Thompson. Because at the end of the day, we need to create a new business, a new culture, rather than what was a JWT business with a bit of Wonderman or, or vice versa. And I think the challenges that we faced are everything from, okay, so we've got two companies, two agencies sitting in a market or a city. You then need to decide, do you have enough space to put everybody together? And if you do, what are the leaseholds? What do they look like? How long have you got the leaseholds for? Can you sublease the other other, um, (laughs) building? To, okay, looking at IT and how you bring all of the IT infrastructure together to compensation and benefits because on both sides, even like hours people might work could vary, you know, days holiday could vary. So all of those things have had to be looked at. And there isn't one formula, to be honest. I think the only things I've advised to all of our senior leadership is to listen, be respectful, and just think about if it were you in that situation, how would you feel? Be considerate and be transparent and open wherever you can to make sure that people feel like they're going on that journey with you. One of the things that our New York team did actually, which I thought was really good, and we've taken that and rolled that out in quite a few of our markets, is they created, I think the, the team was called a futures team. It was 15 people from the New York organization that came from Wonderman and also JWT. And it was those individuals that anyone across the organization could go to, to go, oh, I don't like this, or actually, have you thought about that? And then they were the voice of the agency. They would get up and present every week at their sort of, you know, town hall. And so it felt like the changes weren't just necessarily coming from the leadership, but they were coming from the people. And that's been well-received, actually. And so we've rolled that out in quite a few markets. 
But I would say generally the ambition was there. Everyone was excited because you've got the opportunity to learn new things on both sides. And the clients, our clients were very much like, okay, yeah, no, that makes absolute sense. But can you make sure that, you know, my team is the same? I appreciate that we might have a different relationship with you moving forward. It's interesting that in your business where the people are a critical ingredient, they're, they're a critical ingredient in most businesses, right? Sure. But yeah. in your business where creative people and people who understand data are in contact with your clients, that you thought of that stuff first. It seems obvious, but I don't know that it is obvious when you think about a merger. Yeah. And you know, what was interesting is that when we announced the merger, I did have a lot of the consultants come to me to see if I'd be interested in getting their help to help really project manage the merger. And my instant reaction, and maybe I will regret that because I've aged probably (laughs) 10 years in one year. It's done wonders for my age this year. (laughs) But my immediate reaction was no, because I felt like this was our opportunity to shape something and actually our responsibility to create that rather than for me, sort of, you know, handing that over to an external party. Just felt like, firstly, it just felt culturally wrong to me. It felt like, you know, we should be at the heart of making this change and take responsibility for that change rather than outsourcing it. So very early on, I felt like that was absolutely the thing that, you know, we needed to own was the merger and the integration of those two companies. So let's look back on 2019. You merged earlier this year. What have you accomplished throughout the year? We're recording this on December 17th, probably going to go out to the listeners in early January, but we can review the whole year, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I think we've integrated 20,000 people. That's a lot of people. A lot of people you take responsibility for. And therefore, what that really means is that we've taken two businesses. There was about 10,000 people on both sides. So it felt very balanced. It didn't feel like a takeover of one company versus the other. And we were different sizes in region, actually. So we were able to complement one another as we went along. But we, you know, went and integrated that company. So we started at the sort of global leadership level. We then dropped down to the regional level. And then after the regional level, we dropped down into the markets. Up until the end of December, we have integrated 90 markets. That's literally going into a country, choosing the location, choosing which business you know we're going to come to. And it could be that we've gone and moved into a different location completely. But we've done all of that integration as that year's gone on. The only small, I was going to say the only small area, we've got a big business, is Middle East. And we're going to integrate that. We sort of more or less got there in terms of leadership. And now we'll push that through in January and February. And after that, we've integrated our company. But along the way, what we've done is we've retained some of our clients and we've won pitches. So, you know, there was this small thing called a a merger, but I was very keen to make sure that we as an organization don't miss that one thing that we're there to service. It's why we're here, which is our clients. So I was very conscious of that all the way along the year. So we took it step by step. So we started in North America with our integration and then we went into Europe and then we rolled out to Latam because I felt like doing everything all in one go would have been 
too much of a disruption for our organization and therefore our clients. And so it's testament, I think, to the people that, you know, we've retained the clients that we've brought together. And I think that was also quite interesting. When we looked at our clients at the end of 2018, and that was one of the reasons we brought them together, is that out of our top 30 on both sides, 10 of our clients were big clients of both of those businesses. And actually, for our clients and for our teams, coming together has helped simplify the way that they navigate through those agency relationships. You know, we've brought our teams together. We've created one team, in essence, across those clients. We've done a huge amount of training as well. So you can't just go, okay, everyone, all of a sudden you're Wonderman Thompson. How on earth is somebody who's come from a Wonderman side able to go and write a brand strategy or think about the brand experience? Now, some people obviously can do that, but that's JWT's heritage. And similarly, from a JWT perspective, you can't expect someone who's been managing a client and working on their brand to all of a sudden be able to talk with vast amount of experience around commerce or an Amazon marketplace. And so therefore, we've done a huge amount of training across our regions. We do something called Inspire to get people to a level that they feel comfortable about our end-to-end capabilities. They can spot the signs, they can have a conversation, but they know when to bring the experts in and they know where to go in terms of who those experts are. And we'll continue to evolve that and move on that in 2020. Well, nothing is ever done in this business, right? But it sounds like you've gotten a great start on this new Wonderman Thompson merger. Yeah, I think so. And I'm excited. You know, I'm really excited about 2020 because for me, this year has been making sure we look after our clients, support our clients, integrate this business. But actually, if I look at what lies ahead now in 2020, it's very much we've built the foundations. And now we talk about inspiring growth for ambitious brands. For me, it's really focused on that. And so therefore bringing that to the forefront of what we're doing next year. And that's exciting. All right. Next time, Mel is back and we look ahead to 2020. So stay tuned. Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Podco Media Networks. And this episode is copyright 2020. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. See you next time. You've never tried to eyeball six feet as often as you do now. You wear a mask, you wash your hands, and you've stayed within the walls of your apartment for more hours than you care to add up. But unless you live in a smoke-free building, you're not exactly home free. Secondhand smoke drifting through the cracks in walls or sink drains carries toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. And right now, lung health is key. Go to tobaccofreeca.com to learn how to stay safe.